0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today we invite you to tune in our current series, Assembly Required, Building a Case for Church, where we'll see what the Psalms teach us about a life of faith lived in community. Church, let's continue to worship God by opening His Word and hearing it together. We're starting a new series this morning. Um, we're titling it Assembly Required um, because we're focusing on the Assembly of the saints, the necessity for God's people to gather, to worship Him. This is something that God's people have done from the very beginning. And we want to focus in on uh, this calling God has for us. And we're going to look at several different aspects of what it looks like when we gather, and why it's important for us to gather. And the first one we're going to focus on this morning is that we gather to delight in God's Word. So we're going to look at Psalm 1. Uh, we're going to be in the Psalms. Each one of these messages on different aspects of worship, corporate worship, is going to be from the Psalms. And this morning we're in Psalm chapter 1. It's really easy to find the Psalms. if you. It's the biggest book in the Bible. Now stop and think about that for a minute. The biggest book in the Bible, by far, is a prayer book. The biggest book in the Bible, by far, is a hymn book. It's a book of songs and prayers. How amazing. How important prayer is and how important singing to the Lord is that the biggest book in the Bible is chock full of them. The book of Psalms. It's easy to find if you crack your Bible open right in the middle, you'll likely hit Psalms because it is in the middle and it is so big. Um, Job is right before it, so if you hit Job, just go to the right a little bit. Proverbs and all those big prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, are to the right of it, so go back to the left and you'll find Psalms. We're in chapter one, so I'll read this for us and then we'll dive in. Brothers and sisters, hear the words of our God. Does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Growing up, especially during middle school and high school, you wouldn't have characterized me as a reader. Oddly, as my education progressed, I'm certain that I actually read less books as time went along. Maybe it was just the way I was wired. Maybe it was because I watched too much TV, but I could not capture my attention with a book. However, I relished, I devoured the esteemed writing and the masterful prose of the USA Today sports section. I would analyze the statistics. I would pore over the analysis. I would keep track of the standings. I mean, if I got my hands on a Sunday edition of the Birmingham News, that would be when they had all the articles and breakdowns from the previous Saturday's college football games. If I got my hands on one of those, I would cut out articles and store them in three ring binders, highlighting quotes from coaches, scrutinizing the events of each game meditating on the object of my delight in this case the Auburn Tigers and as I was thinking about this introduction I thought I got to call my mom and see if she still has these three ring binders (laughs) so I called her she said oh yeah and I asked her to send me some pictures so if you guys can see just how big of a dweeb I was (laughs) this is after a big win over LSU uh, Antoine Nolan was number 13. I might have his autograph a few times. Damian Craig, my favorite Auburn football player ever, quarterback, of the 1997 SEC West divisional champions. Got beat 34-31 by Peyton Manning in the Tennessee Vols in the SEC championship game. That was heartbreaking. <laughs> now, you might be thinking, man, you're a dork, dude. And I don't argue with that, but... I didn't care about being a dork because I delighted. I delighted in this team. And so I poured over any word I could get about them. What do you delight in? What has captured your heart's affections? What is so pleasurable to you that you can't keep yourself from focusing on it? studying it, thinking about it. And there are many options for us, right? Maybe it's fashion or fitness. Maybe it's cooking or gardening or hunting. Maybe it's business or sports or cars or photography or traveling or politics or music. There are any number of things that could steal our deepest devotion. But what the psalmist lays out for us is that God's people delight In God's Word. And we gather to delight in God's Word together. That's a big part of what we're doing when we gather for worship, is to delight in God's Word together. Of course, we gather so that God can hear from us. He hears from us through our prayers. He hears from us through our songs. But foundational to God hearing from us is that we hear from Him through His Word. His word through the preaching of the gospel and the call of the spirit initiates our spiritual lives. And his word through the continual preaching of the scriptures and proclamation of the gospel is what calls us, invites us together again and again to come to him. So yes, how amazing we get to relate to God. Unlike so many of those other gods that I just mentioned in those other religions, our God is personable. We relate to him. He cares about our prayers to him. He receives our songs and delights to hear them. But foundational to God hearing from us is that we hear from him. His word initiates. His word creates. His word calls, invites, commands, compels us. And so we gather to delight in his word. Let's see this in the psalm itself. Look again at verses 1 and 2. The writer says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now, when we use the word law, we most commonly are referring to laws, like speed limit laws or labor laws, these individual regulations and rules that are given by the government in order to regulate our behavior. But that is not the sense in, in which the word law is being used here, when the psalmist refers to the law of the Lord. The word law here is translating an important Hebrew word, Torah. And this word, Torah, refers more broadly to God's instruction, God's teaching, which of course did include individual laws like the Ten Commandments, but God's instruction also included the narrative history of Israel and the writing of the prophets and the wisdom literature like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. So when the psalmist here says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, he's talking about his delight being in all of God's written instruction. And this is important. It doesn't say that he learns from the law of the Lord. It doesn't say he's committed to the law of the Lord. It doesn't even say that he obeys the law of the Lord. No, it says He delights in the law of the Lord. There's a joy, there's a pleasure, there's an emotional arousal that he has from God's written word, and so he meditates on it. He pours over it. He rolls it over in his mind. He feeds on it. That's how Jesus said that he related to Scripture. When he was tempted by Satan in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, Jesus replied to the tempter, it is written, and then he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that is how Jesus related to scripture. It was his food. He lived on it. So the scriptures are more than a text to be studied, more than rules to shape your morality. They are more than directions for religious rituals. It is food to nourish your soul. It is truth that awakens your heart. And so the psalmist doesn't just study it or obey it. He delights in it. And as we look at the rest of Psalm 1, we're going to see three reasons why... He delights in God's word. What is it about God's word that captures his attention and captures our hearts? First, the word brings blessing. The word brings blessing. So once more, verses 1 and 2, the psalmist says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So this one who is delighting in God's law is first described here as blessed. Now, this is an important clarification to make. When he says that this man is blessed, he's not talking about blessed in the sense that he's been blessed with a bunch of individual gifts. Like God blessed him with children or God blessed him with peace or he's been blessed with a huge harvest. There's a well-known song by a famous rapper called Chance the Rapper, and the lyrics go, by, go like this. It's called Blessings. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. I know you guys know this song. Okay, that's not what the psalmist means here by the blessed man. It is true that God blesses us with all sorts of things, but that's not what he means here. When he says the blessed man He's referring to the condition of his life or the state of his life. He's a blessed man, not in the sense that he's been given a bunch of earthly or even heavenly blessings. He's blessed in the sense that he's a flourishing man. He's a thriving man. He lives in a state of blessedness, regardless of whether or not he has any earthly blessing like children or money or status or education or whatever, regardless of those things, he's flourishing. He's happy. He's got a deep, unshakable joy because he delights in God's law. He hears God's voice in Scripture, and it enlivens his heart. I want to tell you a story that if weren't true, we wouldn't be sitting in this room right now. There's a man from Royal Oak named Merrill Spencer, and he worked in education, but he also volunteered for a ministry called the Christian Businessmen's Association back in the 70s and 80s. And in the early 1980s, one of Merrill's responsibilities with the ministry was to follow up with people who had attended one of the ministry's Business lunches where they would have a speaker share their testimony and share the gospel. And, you know, they'd have cards on each table. Attendees could fill out a card if they wanted to indicate that they wanted someone to follow up with them after the lunch. Well, one of the businessmen that Merrill was assigned to follow up with, we now know, as Pastor Gary. Gary had just become a Christian just a few days prior. He had experienced a radical conversion away from the ways of the world. Gary had a beautiful family, a thriving business, but he had only known the Lord for a few days. And Merrill Spencer showed up at Gary's office at Northfield Plaza in Troy, and he offered to disciple Gary in God's word. And so every week for a year, Merrill walked Gary through an overview of the Bible, He gave him a Christian worldview, a Christian life view. He schooled him in God's word. He taught Gary, this is the good life. Delighting in God's word, treasuring his truth, feeding your soul on the gospel. You may have all the money in the world. You may have all the friends in the world. You may have every earthly blessing, but you're not blessed. You're not truly thriving unless you know and delight in God's Word. And that experience set Gary on a trajectory whereby 10 to 15 years later, he planted this church. Gary had every earthly blessing. A beautiful wife, beautiful children, growing businesses. But he experienced true blessedness through God's Word and it's impacted Each one of our lives it's impacted this community. So friend, where are you looking for the good life? Where are you looking for the blessed life? Is it by following some politician? Is it by imitating the coolest celebrities? Is it by earning a bunch of money, gaining a bunch of popularity, finding your dream spouse? Ask the psalmist. Ask Jesus, ask Gary. The truly blessed life, the truly good life is experienced by delighting in God's Word. We gather to delight in God's Word because God's Word brings blessing. Secondly, God's Word brings fruitfulness. God's Word brings fruitfulness. Let's look back at the text again. Blessed is a man who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates... He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that the blessed man does, he prospers. So the psalmist here draws an analogy. He likens the man who delights in God's law to a tree, but not just any tree. He's like a tree planted next to a constant source. A tree planted next to streams of water. So nourishment and sustenance are always just right there. And nourished as it is, the tree bears its fruit in its season. So when the harvest season rolls in, it's fruitful. It produces. And then he adds, its leaf does not wither. So even when it's not harvest season and the fruit's not blossoming, there's still life in the tree. The leaves don't wither. And then, you know, as if it hadn't already made his point, he says there at the end of verse 3, in all that he does, he prospers. In other words, in every season, in pruning season, in the dormant season, In the rainy season, whatever time of year, whatever's going on, he's prospering, he's flourishing, he's thriving. Whatever the circumstances of the season bring, rain, shine, hot, cold, whatever circumstances, whatever season, he's prospering, he's fruitful. Two years in a row, both 2015 and then again in 2016, I failed to get a pastoral job that I really wanted. Now, FYI, I wasn't trying to get those jobs while I worked here. I didn't start working here in 2018, so I'm not like confessing that I was trying to leave this job. Love my job. No, this was before I came here in 2015, and then again in 2016, I didn't get a job that I really wanted and I really thought I was going to get. And it was like this soul-level disappointment. <clears throat> and after that second round of these disappointments, it was the dog days of summer in 2016 in Louisville, where we lived then, scorching hot. We left church one afternoon, started the trip home, and it took about 300 yards down the street until our back right tire was totally flat. And you know how it is after church. Small kids, Hot temperatures, the kids are screaming, me and Meg are fighting, everybody's sweating. And so I climb underneath the car on this dirty gas station asphalt to start to try to fix the tire. And the disappointment and the stress and the frustration of that moment was just thick. And in that moment, underneath the car, I didn't hear God audibly, but I may as well have. And here's what hit my mind like a Mack truck. CT, you are not going to find your joy in your circumstances. CT, you are going to find your joy in me apart from your circumstances. In other words, here's what I think the Lord was saying. CT, I'm not going to let you find your joy in the circumstances of your job status. I'm not even going to let you find your joy in whether your car stays filled with air, your car tire. Job or no job, full tire or flat tire, whatever the circumstances, you are going to find your deepest delight, your deepest joy in me, in my word, and my son, and my grace. And man, what a valuable lesson to learn. The one who truly, deeply delights in God's word is prosperous, even when he's underneath a car, and everybody's fighting, and I'm sweating, and I'm in my church clothes. In every season, in every circumstance, in the highs and the lows, in the good times, and the bad. He's flourishing. So what about you? What about us, church? When the economy crashes, are you planted? When the financial resources dry up, are you still fed by the truth and goodness of God's Word? When the circumstances of life seem fruitless, are you still prospering in the Lord? Well, that kind of enduring, doesn't matter what the circumstances are, joy can be ours when we feed on God's word and meditate on his law. So gather with us, continue to gather with us as we worship the Lord by delighting in his word. We gather for the word because it brings blessing, because it brings fruitfulness in every season, and finally, because the word brings salvation. The word brings salvation. One more time. Look at the last few verses of the psalm. Verse 4 and forward. The blessed man who delights in the law of the Lord. Prospers in all that he does. But the wicked are not so. They are like shaft. That the wind drives away. So contrasted with the planted. Rooted strength. Of the one who delights in God's word. Is the weightlessness. Weightlessness. Of the wicked. They are like substanceless chaff. So, him referring to them as chaff is a reference to the way grain was winnowed in order to get the fruit out of the grain. They would utilize the wind to blow away the weightless chaff. Well, the psalmist says that's the wicked. They may prosper for a season, but ultimately they'll be exposed as rootless and flimsy. In verse 5, he continues, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor will sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So now he drops the analogy of blowing wind and speaks quite literally, the wicked will be judged. They will have no standing before the bar of God's justice. They will have no part in the assembly of the righteous because, he finishes in verse 6, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish a life lived in resistance to God's word a life lived ignoring God's word a life lived finding your ultimate delight in something else beside God's word it's a dead end that way is a dead end and you know here's the truth all of us are guilty of resisting and ignoring God and his word All of us have given our hearts to lesser gods, whether it's football or business or whatever. All of us have delighted in lesser delights than the Lord and His truth. We have all found ourselves heeding the counsel of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, and sitting in the seat of scoffers. In one way or another, to one degree or another, we have all found ourselves headed for destruction. All of us, except for Jesus. Jesus, friends, is the truly blessed man. Jesus faultlessly walked the way of righteousness his whole life. And Jesus steadily delighted in the law of the Lord, feeding his soul on the truth of God's revelation. And Jesus prospered. In all that he did, even when Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried, he prospered unto new, everlasting, resurrection, life. And so I call on you, friends. Trust in Jesus. Forsake the way of sinners. Follow the way of Christ. Leave behind the lesser delights of the world and delight in the Savior. Avoid the path of destruction and trust in the word of the gospel. Church, every week when we gather together, every day when we wake up, we need to hear this gospel word. We need to delight in the truth of gospel grace. Assembling with God's people is a precious gift. After being quarantined for three months. We know that now more than ever. And our assembly may be marked by many things, many activities, many interactions, many experiences, but it is crucial that we hear from the Lord, that the scriptures are taught, that the gospel is proclaimed, that God's voice speaks, that his word saves. So let's open our hearts Let's humble our spirits. Let's remove every lesser pleasure that stands in the way. Let's delight in the law of the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Church, let's stand as we pray one final time and sing a song of response. Our Father in heaven, we are gathered this morning with celebratory hearts, celebrating, Lord, that we can indeed assemble. We can be in the presence of one another, and we can be in your presence together. And Father, our hearts are celebratory too, because of the Word made flesh, the Lord Jesus, that he lived a righteous life on our behalf, that he died a death-bearing the weight of judgment that we deserved and that he prospered unto new life. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the grace of the gospel. Thank you for the way made open to you through Christ. Lord, receive our song of celebration and empower our hearts to leave here more in love with you, more delighting in your word to us. Be glorified, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We'd love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org contact to introduce yourself today.